Do you wish that there are some moments that you could look back on time and give yourself advice from when you were, let's say, 12, 15, or maybe even 23? On this episode, I will be interviewing my 15-year-old sister and 12-year-old sister in 7th grade and ninth grade, talking to them about the different lessons that they've learned, you know, in their journey on, you know, just being a kid and growing up in this world and some things that they've learned and maybe want to share with you all. For this podcast, I wanted to sort of do something different, and why not interview the best, most qualified people that I think of when we think about lessons that you've learned in life and, you know, being able to learn and grow. But my two younger sisters, one in ninth grade in high school and the other in seventh grade, and I think that having those perspectives from those different times in our life are going to be pretty helpful, especially when you're looking back when you were just so young. Do you remember those days? Man. Um, so my first, the first one I'll be introducing is Asarabia. She is 15 years old in ninth grade. And then I have Athena, who is 12 years old, and she is in seventh grade. For those that don't know, I am one of five children. Um, and so I have three younger siblings that are younger than me. And then I have one older brother um, who is out in the world and, you know, living and working and all of that. And so it's a pretty dynamic family. My mom did a pretty good job. I think I would say. Um, and so let's get into it. So, Sarabia, if you want to introduce yourself um, and talk, sort of talk about the first lesson that we've been talking about earlier. That's cool. Okay. Right. Hello. <laughs> good afternoon, I guess. A good insert time here. <laughs> <laughs> um, the first lesson I would like to talk about is that I learned from like uh, middle school, not really the high school, because in high school you have like the first beginning like year you have in sixth grade too where you don't feel like you're in a new place a new social situation yet Mm -hmm. it only hits you till the next year lesson I learned in middle school was to not take everything people say to heart especially if like especially if you feel like it will bother you or attack something you're like sensitive about I guess you shouldn't hold something like that in in a way that'll bother you for example like if you feel like something's hurting you saying it out loud and like talking about it is a better solution than like pretending it didn't like phase you and like rolling Mm -hmm. (laughs) and letting it roll off your shoulder Mm -hmm. definitely um and can you do you have a specific example where that comes to mind or you know that that's at the forefront a specific example for me i guess was in theater in theater, we used to do like a lot of changing clothes, especially quickly. Mm-hmm. So we would do we would have like large outfits that like you wouldn't see someone wear in a normal setting. But we were doing Peter Pan, and I was a pirate and um, a Native American, mm-hmm. and which is problematic. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of problematic things with Peter Pan. Right, right. Anyway, and we were changing, and a, a girl who I thought was my friend had told me I only look attractive neck down. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> At the time, the comment, like, really phased me, I guess. And I went home, I talked to my mom and my stepdad about it, and they said something I don't remember exactly, but they basically said something that comforted me to put where I let it roll off my shoulder, and I didn't care about it, and I stopped talking to that girl. <laughs> That's interesting, because um, I think that, like, 
for that. It's funny because I was actually a theater kid also growing up. And so, and this is completely uncoordinated. I don't think my mom is trying to make us into great actors or anything like that. But I think there's something about being in high school where, you know, I thought eighth grade was pretty bad because I feel like a lot of middle school, primary school just didn't exist for me. I was like, we're just going to move past all of this. Um, but high school, you bring out, brings out so many more issues and it brings up such a lot of opportunities to grow and, you know, sort of begin finding out who you are. So I'm like really impressed that like you're already getting those lessons at like only 15. Like that's kind of crazy. Um, do you like write? Do you journal? Like, what do you do to have that like time for yourself or to be able to do those things? Because I don't even think even people at my age, you know, in their early 20s still have that figured out. All right. I don't journal, I guess, like keep a diary per se. Sometimes I do like write di diary entries into like random notebooks that I have at the time. Right. But most of the time I do, I write like poetry or like songs or nice. like filming scenes i guess okay I'll like your like, own plays or like i guess like kind of like a, a mini play like a mini okay. shoot okay to like get something off my chest yeah what, what i'm thinking about yeah and it's more entertaining for me <laughs> yeah definitely like most people say if if you can do something well don't do it for free <laughs> ha yes girl now I wanted to switch gears and take it to my youngest sister, Athena, who wanted to maybe share some, if you had some words of wisdom or things that you've learned from seventh grade, which I'm sure will be pretty applicable. Um, yeah. So, um, hi, my name's Athena. <laughs> I'm a seventh grader and I'm 12. Nice. Um, so I don't have a lot of lessons cause I'm only 12 and yeah, we don't really do anything. Okay. So the one lesson I have through my years is Family is your number one friend for life. Everyone else is, like, number two. Mm. Not as important. Mm. Uh, I have examples of this because I've moved a lot. So uh, I never really had one friend. And they were never, like, for life because you always lose connections most of the time. And um, my friend, my family was always there for me when I had situations where, like, breakdowns which I don't usually have um grades boys yeah that's might have an older sister thing oh <laughs> but yeah I never really had a friend for that yeah because you felt like you know we as a family were always there and yeah. you know with you and everything like that um yeah I would definitely agree um in a survey you can definitely pitch in too since we all come from the same root um, that I think even more I've realized that family is so key and so important um, and you can't lose a sense of that. And like you're definitely going to have your toxic family members that you kind of just have to cut off and you'll learn more about that when you grow up and as you get older. But I think that, you know, at least for now, relying on your family um, at this age is going to be so key. Um, you know, as you make it through, you know, eighth grade and ninth grade and 10th grade and, you know, all those other grades and things like that in primary and secondary school. Um, sorry, but did you want to pitch in and talk about your other lesson or any other words of wisdom to share? <laughs> I guess I have to at this point. Uh, I guess so. Yeah. Branching on from what Athena said, when you move around with family a lot and they 
they since they're moving with you since they are your family it's much easier to like stake what you like hold dearest in them it's easier to rely on your family if you know they'll have your back for it for everything you do because most people you don't get to know as much as you family besides school and if you don't go to school you're you mainly spend 24 7 around your family this conversation is already being so good. Like, I'm like, I don't think I was nearly half as reflective at their age. I definitely wrote in my diary and things like that. But I think this is definitely next level. Um, something else I wanted to touch on was the my own lessons that I learned from, you know, because I think we're at this point where we're comparing lessons from 23 15 and 12 and um, I'm hopefully going to be having another episode with someone else who's really important and being able to talk about those things. I don't know about you all but hearing you know these two wonderful young um, women talk about their lessons that they've learned and they're only in high school and you know in middle school I'm not only really proud to be their sister but I think about how much more you know if we just give children the opportunity to speak I think sometimes we kind of devalue um children in our society where we kind of think oh you know only adults should do this or only adults should do that and I don't think we give enough value to children because kids know things you know what I mean um think about yourself at 15 or 12 and how much you just wanted maybe someone to listen to or maybe you did grow up in that affirming environment um, and so moving forward, I also want to talk about the lessons that I learned, and I don't know if maybe my sisters have some questions about it, or anything like that, or can agree with me on this part. Uh, one thing that really came to mind was the importance of letting go, and letting it go, that you cannot harbor feelings of resentment, you cannot harbor feelings of jealousy, you cannot harbor, you know, feelings of anger, and expect those things not to physically have an impact and weigh you down, but mentally, where you're having things take up space, or having someone live rent-free in your head, right, um, you know, how important it is to let things go, and I'm not sure for you guys, you know, YouTube, that means, like, you know, that teacher that, you know, didn't call on you in class or someone something did in the lunchroom or whatever but letting things go um the next lesson and I definitely want you all's input in it um is to not force it don't force it this comes to ponytails this comes to relationships this comes to friendships don't force it if it's not meant to be or if it's not natural like it doesn't feel organic you cannot force it you have to trust your gut let it go uh, and lastly, taking care of yourself, how important that is. Not, I think that um, sometimes we think too much of it of like, oh, like I need to look a certain way or take care of myself in that sense. But taking care of your mental health, taking care of your spiritual health, um, your physical health, these are all things that are incredibly important. And so those are things that come to mind when I think about lessons that I've learned in this 23rd year of life and how we're sort of moving beyond it. Do you guys have any like opinions or thoughts or anything like that on that um when it comes to talking about taking care of yourself i'm not talking about buying no 50 dollar face wash yeah oh but, my god yes speak on it speak on it but like mental health and um people with like fake depression like people who think the oh fakies. it's the passive aggressive people Mm-hmm. what do you mean by a passive aggressive or fake depression 
like they are like, oh, depression isn't a real thing. I can't have that. Oh. It's just a phase. Yeah, and it's not, right? Sometimes it's not sometimes a phase. It's not a phase you, know? you can definitely be in a funk, but sometimes you really do need to seek out that help that Athena was just talking about. Um, and the fact that you already have that you know, lesson already ingrained in you or you have already come to that understanding is so powerful and so amazing to hear you say about that. But yeah, for some of those things, and I love how you also pointed out on taking care of yourself that it's not those $50, you know, whatever. I feel like we're getting into this like self-care culture Mm -hmm. and, and it's like, oh, get this face mask. We're like, you know, I need to go and take a trip here or I need to buy these expensive, whatever. Oh, treat myself like... You know, it's just not, that doesn't mean that all the time. Um, So I'm really glad that you're able to touch on that. Serbia, did you want to finish up? I wanted to kind of hear the last two lessons that you had. And if you wanted to talk about those a little bit more. Hey, okay. <laughs> My last two lessons, I wanted to say, um, but first, you will regret not saying something more than you will regret uh, saying something. That branches off from, like, holding things in. If you feel like something is important enough to, to like, think about it, like, if you see someone, like, the bystander effect, if you see someone, like, being bullied or something, then it is a much smarter idea to say something or, like, get a teacher than to walk by. Even if you think, like, oh, this person, someone else will do it. Like, if you think more people around you will do it, it is much, it's a better idea to, like, take leadership for something. Or, like, if you want to talk to someone and you have, like, something funny to say, like, based off what they said earlier, and you want to, like, be in a conversation with them, it is a better idea to, like, talk to them than to, like, stand by awkwardly and avoid them. (laughs) And do you think that sort of that holding things in, does that turn into, like, a resentment or a regret or... Uh, it can turn into a really strong regret, like, oh, I could have been friends with this person if I had just said this one thing, mm-hmm. or like, oh, this person could have been, like, felt better about their thing if I had, like, oh, comforted them. Mm-hmm. Like, a good example of this was, uh, I went to my little sister's, Athena's concert, and I saw someone I knew from school, but I didn't know them, like, super well. So I talked to them, and because we were both, like, outside of, like, our normal, like, school environment, it was a surprise for us both to see see each other there. And we talked for, like, the whole concert. It was super nice because I hadn't gotten to know that person. There we go. Example like that. Um, and I think, do you think there's, uh, Athena, if you have any thoughts on this too, but um, there's a difference between, like, okay, because there's some people that are, like, you know, if it's meant to be, it'll be, and versus, like, taking your own initiative and doing those things that you, you know, don't want to regret. I am very much a person of action mm-hmm. where if I want to do something, I'll probably just, like, if I think about it I'll get up and do it yeah versus like I think it's smart to like think over things and not be as impulsive as I tend to be but yeah yeah (laughs) but there's also like a good thing in like taking instant action versus like it's in my situation it's more the the quicker I act upon it the more likely I am to do the thing Mm -hmm. okay yeah okay I can definitely see that because yeah, I think that 
there's a good amount of things that you can leave up to chance and just say, hey, if it's meant to be, it'll be. But then there's, you know, there's very seldom in things do things just happen by you just letting them happen. Uh, you do have to take action into that. Um, Athena, did you want to share your last lessons? Um, yeah, so my life lesson is education will get you places. Yeah, you better tell them, uh, you know, future eighth grader. I know people think that uh, the generation, the new generation is not as smart, which can be true, but I know none of us are planning on not going to college. Oh, okay. You're not really going to go anywhere unless you go to college. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have some debates on that. I definitely push them so hard to, you know, prepare themselves for college and prepare themselves to get into the best institutions, but, you know, I know that for some people, college is not everything, but... Just from our backgrounds, you know, our mom came to the U.S. at, you know, 23, my age, to make a better life for herself and then to bring, you know, my brother and I to from Ghana to America and then, you know, have us go get into a better education system. So for me, that is a goal that I always keep in the forefront and I always try to instill in them that, you know, study hard and I'm they, they'll tell you I'm so hard on them on their grades and everything because I'm like, these sacrifices, you have to realize what it was for um but then also counterbalancing that like you're also a kid and you can make mistakes too another conversation I wanted to have with you all was you know I think a lot of times we hear about like black girl magic and black girl shining and you know all these great things and what does that mean to both of you does it hold any substance what are the things that that come to mind when you hear black girl magic Athena I'd love to hear your perspective um, when I hear Black Girl Magic, I thought it was just like a phrase, like a young teen phrase, which I think still is one. But um, what comes to mind is like Black girls are special, rare, and should be taken just as important as a white girl, a Hispanic girl, an Asian girl, which, yeah. Um, honestly, Black Girl Magic is like too good to be true. And, like, we're really important. And, yeah, we have nothing to prove. Nice. I like that. Sarah, what did you want to share about what Black Girl Magic means to you? When I think of Black Girl Magic, I think of, like, social standing, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, in society, I would think of it like a Punnett Square-like square, where there's, like, four sections. Mm-hmm. And, like, some people have, like... All four sections, so people have, like, half a section. Mm-hmm. I feel like black girls have, like, one-fourth. Mm. <laughs> one-fourth of the four squares. Yeah. Four squares. And that makes me think, oh, it must... It's, like, super hard to survive in this kind of society if you only get, like, one-fourth of the four slices. Mm. So when I think of, like, the phrase black girl ma- magic, if I were to sum it up, I think, like, the willingness to survive in this kind of society. Wow, that okay. Can we let's let's unpack that? Let's get inspirational, right? Can we get take that a little bit further for for some of our listeners? Because wow, even hearing you say that is like powerful. Well, I guess that idea stemmed from um, uh, I was in seventh or eighth grade, and this white girl who I was friends with, we were only friends because she was a vegan and I was a vegetarian, and she was like, "Tell me." <laughs> She used to, like, tell me vegetarian tips. Oh, my God. This is getting better and better. Okay. (laughs) So she used to, like, tell me vegetarian tips. And she once asked me how it, like, worked in society for, like, do, like, in, like, you know, 
she was a feminist too. So she used to like talk about feminist issues and she always thought like women would lose in like comparison to like, I don't know, like men in the workplace or something. And she wanted to know if it was like that in like African-American society or like black society. And like, and I was like, oh, okay. So if it was like um, a Punnett square, like a pie, white guys would get like four slices of the pie. Women would get, white women would get like three, four, three or two slices of the pie. Black guys would get like three or two slices of the pie. Black women would get like a fourth of the pie. And then even to take that further, black women who are differently abled would get even like one eighth. Like, you know, so it's so many different. And then if we go into the gender identity and people in the LGBTQ community, so it's like the further and further that we go, it's just like so many less pieces are given. And I think that like you're saying, black girl magic is a reminder that we are here and we're still going to be standing here regardless of you know what you what standards that you may place on us so thank you so much for sharing that that is I was not having those types of conversations when I was in high school or you know even middle school so I think these are both really amazing awesome points you know when I was thinking about this podcast and thinking about black girl magic and you know interviewing them I also thought of you know for black girl magic it means being yourself and also it means that regardless of where you are what place you are it's knowing that you have a whole army of black girls and women cheering you on you know and hoping for the best and wishing you the best moving forward and I think that this came to me really 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 hard you know when I was interviewing for jobs and I was looking at a lot of corporate jobs and I was going to these interviews and I was like, I'm literally the only person that looks like me in this entire room and this is like scary. And so I really felt like, okay, am I even, this is even the space that I want to be, are these the spaces that I want to be in? You know, do I, can I contribute something to this? And I had to remember, you know, that there's this whole room of people that are cheering me on and that are so proud of my success. So I got to keep going and hopefully pull in other black girls that look like me. So as we near the end of this podcast, what are some, what are the mottos that you use throughout your days or, you know, a catchphrase or something that you used to keep going? Um, yeah, my catchphrase would have to be people who hate you just want to be you. Ooh. Yeah. Haters be your motivators. Spicy. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this comes to heart because I'm a little darker. So I we have a new generation. And I just feel sometimes they're like, oh, you could lighten your skin. Mm. Mm, I can't see you in the dark. Uh, wow. You look like a shadow. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. honestly, I, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lighten my skin. Mm-hmm. I don't really need to. Yeah. I'm good being dark, and I don't question you, so... Definitely, Um, and I think that's great, and we come from a culture, an African culture, where bleaching creams are sold at our local convenience stores bleaching creams are you know when i go back home to ghana i see bleaching cream advertisements on billboards and so it is really common for and it's like so normalized that um it it's like regular like it's like oh just take this cream and you know or just use this as lotion it's so normalized so I think that we definitely have a lot of work to do here, but to hear you, Athena, talking about that and being confident in that is really awesome, and I'm so glad to be your older sister. I think that's pretty cool. Um, Ms. Serbia, what did you want to share with your motto, catchphrase? Bleaching creams are gross. Yeah, bleaching <laughs> creams are not the move. Anyway, I had two, actually. I wanted, one, to say, 
it's better to make mistakes of commission versus mistakes of omission. Hmm. Omission. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because um, as a teenager, you're like, apparently, to older people, older, to older people, you're like in the prime of your life and you should like doing wild things and going to parties or something. I don't know. <laughs> but it's much easier to do like do what you want. If you don't want to go to a party, don't. There are millions of parties. You can go to any other party. It's the mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. Or like... If you want to do something, do it. If it's not hurting anybody, and if it's not hurting yourself, you're not making a mistake, and you probably shouldn't regret it. Especially if it's benefiting you. Um, so me, as a younger child, I would just like to know, what is commission and omission? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> commission and omission. Well, I looked it up on Google. <laughs> and it's more, it's, I think it's more of doing something versus not doing something. Hmm. Okay. Got it. Got it. Making mistakes of action versus inaction. Hmm. <laughs> Another point I had in my second my second motto was uh, if it's important, make five points on it. It's more like an argumentative thing I like to do with my friends. Where like, if something is worth worrying about or something was is like concerning you and you want to like, it's like a chip on your shoulder. If it's important enough to make five points on it, then you can, like, solve the problem or, or like, go on with it. Versus, if it's not important enough to, like, make five points on it, just forget about it. It's not, it's not going to affect you in the long term. Five points is in supportive things towards it. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. On why this thing is worth it. I think I definitely need to apply that when I keep canceling on my friends because I don't (laughs) feel like going places. So, that's pretty cool. Nice. I think this has been such a great podcast and thank you for leaving our listeners with that last, you know, sort of bit and tips and hopefully you enjoy this podcast. Please like and share and subscribe and you can contact me via email or on my website at shadeayinde.com. Take care, everybody. Bye.